That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to yet another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to yet another victory for the Denver Nuggets. This time by way over the Minnesota Timberwolves on the second night of a back-to-back versus a bugaboo team. Did you catch all that? Second night of a back-to-back versus a bugaboo team. This Timberwolves team had caused a ton of issues for the Denver Nuggets here. Um, well, I mean, I guess you could really could, you could dial it all the way back until um, it was the first year of this podcast, five NBA seasons ago, where the Denver Nuggets um, played the T-Wolves. I think it was game 82. I know it was game 82 of the 2000 and. 17-18 season. I believe that's what it was. 17-18 season. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Where they lost to uh, the T-Wolves. T-Wolves went to the playoffs. Nuggets were sent home without that playoff experience. God, I remember having those conversations with Earl Boykins in the first year of us doing the, the Mile High podcast. And now you fast forward and... um. Well, I was going to say the shoe's on the other foot. That's not really the case. Maybe that maybe that's more the case with like a Portland Trailblazers team. But this is a Minnesota Timberwolves team that had beaten the Denver Nuggets in four consecutive games. And now you have, you know, them on the second night of a back-to-back in a game that was disjointed and frustrating and um, had more stop and go than traffic on I-25 during rush hour because of the officials. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was kind of a muddy game just in general. So many fouls called. I mean, it's just, it's just so many stinking fouls, uh, so many free throws. I mean, we saw, um, was it uh, 60 free throws taken? I think the, the Minnesota Timberwolves shot 28 of them. The Nuggets shot 32 free throws. Um, you're talking about the, the amount of fouls is just like, God almighty. It was unwatchable at points. Um, and, you know, I feel I feel like um, um, I've been saying this uh, quite a bit here, actually, um, more often than, than I would have thought during this win streak, um, that, the, that the game was mostly forgettable. Um, now, there was a couple, un, there was one unforgettable thing that we'll get to, um, but it didn't have anything to do with the specific gameplay of the two teams going back and forth. And uh, of course, I'm talking about uh, Nikola Jokic passing uh, Alex English for the most um, assists in the history of the Denver Nugget franchise. And we'll circle back to that in Jokic because I, I just want to. Um, uh, just just sort of dive back into the 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 greatness of uh Jokic but but before we do that you know this is a game guys for me that and and watching this team for the last 5 years I feel confidence um in, in saying this or I feel confident in saying this is that this is a this is a game that the Nuggets would have lost like even as recent as a year ago I just don't think that the that that the Nuggets had the horsepower the and the firepower to um bail their their own selves out of a game like this one. So, um, and, and they do like, they did not, the nuggets did not play well on Wednesday night. They, they just didn't. 
and they found a way to win. And we talked a little bit about the quote. I think we did. I sometimes I get confused with what I say here and what's on the radio show. But like he heard from Nikola Jokic this past week saying um, that, look, we're a good team and good teams uh, find ways to win on nights where they don't have it. And bad teams, even when they play well, find ways to lose on nights that they do have it. And we've seen um, the Nuggets turn the same corner of consistency during this season that we saw Jokic take the turn of consistency in the 2019 season. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to look back at that time here uh, shortly, but uh, this team is slowly but surely accumulating incredible goodwill and trust from me and I'm sure other members of the fan base that like in the past, it was like rolling a dice. It could come up as snake eyes where you have the, the, the Knicks, you know, resting everyone and finding ways to beat the Nuggets. You have the Hawks without, you know, their leading scorer and they're going to be picking third in the draft or whatever. And they still find a way to beat Denver or be these like insane scenarios where like, how could you who are on a climb to eventually be a winner, lose these games? They just don't really lose games like that anymore. They just don't. And, and I would say like, not that it never happens because it's an NBA 82 game marathon of a season, but really like they're just different. They've grown in that department from, you know, who they used to be, particularly against teams that are below 500. Like this is a team. This is a team that against losing teams this season, they have played 27 basketball games against teams with a below 500 record. You know what their record is in those games? 27 opportunities. 22 and 5. 22 and 5. I mean, so, like, they, they've answered the bell. It's like the best record of any team against losing teams. And they sort of started to turn that corner a year ago. And we talked about it here on the podcast that that narrative had kind of grown out of control and outgrown the actual reality of it. And now they're just like, you know, I'm almost on the verge of saying that, like, I'm proud of them. Because, again, after covering this team as closely uh, as, as we have here on the podcast for a half a decade, this is just unequivocally the best version of themselves that they've ever been. Full stop. Um, and that's kind of what we've been harping on here in the last couple episodes. Like, this is the team. There is no other, there is no other, um, you're not waiting for anything else. You're not, you're not waiting for a juggernaut to move out of the way in the Western Conference. You're not waiting for a big three to disband. You're not waiting for someone to get healthy on your own roster. You're not waiting for the right kind of coach. You're not waiting. You're not waiting. You're here. This is it. This team can win the NBA championship, this specific group. All right. And that uh, uh, the, the, what happened on Wednesday night at Ball Arena in that victory against the Timberwolves, it's just the latest installment. And it's a, it'll be a footnote ultimately in, um, you know, not even a, a chapter, but, you know, a page within a chapter within a book um, that is this season. But it's one of these things where the Nuggets just didn't play well and they found a way to score 122 points and. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's just one of these one of these things where it's like, yeah, this this would not have broken this way, um, even as recent as last year, let alone two, three, four seasons, five seasons um, with this group, with this core together. Um, Jokic, I just want to put it in park here for a second. 
He has 31 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. It's another 30-point triple-double. Nikola Jokic is wrecking the league. He's wrecking the league. He's making a mockery of the competition. This is his second consecutive 30-point triple-double. Okay? This is now... Um, how many triple doubles in a row for him in general? It's three triple doubles in a row because he had one in Orlando with the game winner, had it, uh, of course, against Portland that we just referenced. Um, he didn't have it against uh, Phoenix because he finished with nine assists that night. But remember, he had the 18 rebounds to go with the 21 points. And then the game before that, it was the assists that were way up when he had the 16 assist game um, uh, with 11 uh, uh, rebounds and um, 14 points. That was the that was the night where he uh, had the triple double against the Lakers and only took five shots. Yeah. So like, I mean, look at this thing. The, the night before that, it was 28, 15, and 10 in a win over a really good Cleveland team. I mean, so you're talking about one, two, three, four, five of the last six game that six games that Jokic has played in. Um, he's registering a triple double. You look at his MVP season from a year ago, where Jokic was the first player in the history of the sport to go for 2,000 rebounds, or excuse me, 2,000 points, uh, 500 assists, and 1,000 rebounds. You know how many triple doubles he had in that MVP season that was his second MVP season, second consecutive? He had 19 triple doubles last season, the 21-22 season. Guys, he's at 14 before the All-Star break. He's at 14 before the All-Star break. So the 19 was his career high. Before that, it was actually the the previous year. Um, How about this, actually? This is actually hysterical. Um, Just to go through with you here on a sidebar for a second. Jokic's first year, he doesn't have a triple-double. Go figure, right? He's a rookie in the second round. He's 20 years old. But his by year number two, the 2016-17 season, when he was 21 years old, guys, he had six triple doubles that season. Remarkable, really. It, like it was remarkable then, but even you look back, it's just like wow. Like this guy was usurping the first round player at, at, at first round pick at his own position and registering six triple doubles uh, at 21 years old. But it goes from six to ten from year number two to year number three. It goes from ten to twelve from year number three to year number four. It goes from 12 to 13 between year number four and year number five. It goes from 13 to 16 with year five to number six. It goes from 16 to 19, year six to number seven. And now we're here at 14 uh, in, in season number eight. And that is the exact arc of Jokic as a player. The fact that he has increased triple double his triple double total every single year as a professional athlete mirrors the same arc as him developing into a better and better player every single year of his career, somehow including two MVP seasons. The second MVP was better than the first. The, the, the third is going to be better than the second. By the way, um, according to my friends at Superbook, uh, the proud sponsor of this podcast, uh, Jokic, just to give you the update, and we've been doing it every single podcast here. Jokic right now is now minus 110, meaning that he is in the minus money for MVP. The next closest is Luka Doncic at 3-1. to one. 
meaning that by the odds right now, Jokic is three times more likely. And today's date, January 19th, he is three times more likely to win his third MVP than Luka Doncic is right now as the next closest a horse in that race. By the odds, he is Jokic is six times more likely than Jason Tatum, who is currently at six to one. And by the odds, somehow, some way, Jokic is now eight times more likely to win the MVP uh, than Giannis Antetokounmpo or Joel Embiid. He is thirty times more likely by the odds to win MVP than Ja Morant. That is where we are at. This is an incredible surge over a five-week period that is as good as we have ever seen in the history of Jokic's career. He is rewriting NBA history. Okay, when we talk about 30-point triple-doubles, we did that on the most previous podcast. When you talk about, um, I believe it's now 90 career triple-doubles. Let me just uh, double-check that. Um, um, Pulling up basketball reference here. Yes, he's now at 90 triple-doubles. Guys, that's 15 triple-doubles behind LeBron James ever, like like in the, in the history of the sport. LeBron's number five all-time. Jokic is number six. He's 15 career triple-doubles behind LeBron. He's already at 14 triple-doubles this year alone. He is going to lap LeBron James, lap him in career triple-doubles. So like the first season that LeBron retires, Jokic will pass LeBron in triple doubles that season. If the last eight years is any indication uh, of, of the direction that Jokic will continue to go. And it is just flat out remarkable. Um, Jokic went from when we first started to do this podcast, um, we would just be almost like a begging, like be the same player on you know Thursday and Saturday that you were on Monday or Tuesday. Like he would show you this flash of brilliance, and it would be that triple double. It would be you know finishing with you know twenty eight, eight and seven. It would be games like that, and we'd come on here and be like, "Okay, we know you can do it. How do you turn into a star?" Because that's the difference between a star and a lot of NBA players. Stars shine every single night. That's why they're stars, right? And we overbloviate how many stars there are actually in the NBA. We like to think there's like. However many all-stars there is, that's how many stars there are. There, 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 there can be like 26 stars in the NBA. They're, they're really not. There, there, there really are not 26 like superstars. Jokic is a superstar. And he is now, um, he has not only like answered those calls that we had for him in like the 2017-18 season, like we first started to do this podcast or whatever. Not only has he answered that call, Jokic for me personally has turned into the most consistent basketball player in the entire league. Jokic doesn't have bad games. So, like, you talk about, like, the the, the um, transformation of, like, a caterpillar into a butterfly. Like, dude, we got a monarch on our hands that it's hard to believe that he ever was, you know, inside a, you know, chrysalis or whatever. Like, this, it's just a thing of beauty to watch every single night and I know what I'm going to get every single night. Jokic now the franchise all-time leader in assists. He passed Alex English um, which is just such a big deal. Like Alex English is, is, is Alex English. I mean this guy is a legend's legend. Like he's your favorite player's favorite player. 
you know, from uh, the 1980s. Most points scored in the 1980s, in the decade of the 1980s. All right, it's it's it's, it's Alex. He's that dude. Um, so to pass Alex English in any regard for career total is insane. But what's more insane is the fact that he, Jokic has done it at age 27 years old. He's like not just getting started. That that'd be unfair to say because he's not just getting started. But I'm not even so sure he's halfway through. I mean, Alex English played 1,193 games, okay? Um, And I guess for Denver, just for Denver, it was um, 837 games. That's the more uh, relevant number. 837 games over the course of 11 uh, seasons. Jokic has played in 568 games, and he's passed Alex English for most assists in the history of this franchise. You, it, it's again, it's hard to really quantify just what Jokic has done in in such a short period of time because it really is in terms of like passing a legend like that. Like it really has been a short period of time. And here's the kicker, guys: Dan Issel is the franchise's leading a uh, rebound um, uh, hauler, getter, record holder, whatever. Um, Dan Essel has had a 6,630 rebounds. Let me give you that number again. 6,630 for Dan Essel, number one all time. Jokic has 5,900 already. He's he's like, you know, 1,700 rebounds behind Dan Essel. You look at, you know, Jokic's rebounding total over the years. I mean, last year he had over 1,000 boards. The year before that he had nearly 800. So he's going to break Dan Issel's record in pretty short order here. And then, it'll, you know, you look at the point total for, for English. We were just talking about his um, scoring prowess um, in the 80s. It'll take a while, but, guys, he's going to get there. He's going to get there. Jokic will have his DNA at number one all over this record book. He's that great. He's, I mean, this is who he is. So um, I just think it's remarkable. Um, he looks like he's in better shape than he even was uh, six, seven weeks ago. Uh, Jokic, I mean, we, we talked about it here throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. He came in just like a little bit out of shape, not like how we used to, um, but not quite the skinny version of his COVID self during that, you know, in that a window, um, but he has now found found the perfect balance and shooting sixty percent against the Timberwolves. She shot ninety three percent against the uh, Blazers. He shot seventy three percent against Orlando. He shot sixty six against Phoenix. He shot a perfect hundred percent against the Lakers. He shot sixty percent against Cleveland. He shot fifty percent both against the Clippers and the Timberwolves earlier in the month, and he shot seventy seven percent against the Celtics at the start of the month. That means in the month of January with a proper sample size of, what is that, like 11 games, Jokic is shooting 67% raw numbers from the field. That is up seven percentage points from December. I mean, just remarkable. And you want to know what I'm not hearing? And I really want to get this across because it is more fashionable for people to say than the people that, that are actually referencing saying it. This is what I mean. I hear a lot of still, oh, the, the NBA doesn't want to give them the MVP again. Um, they don't want to give it to the guy in Denver again. They want to give it to this guy. Who are these they that we're hearing? Who, who, who are these they that you're listening to? Because 
I, I listen to basketball people. No one talks about Jokic like that anymore. It's it's an open and shut case. There is no argument against him. He's he's point one assist away from averaging a triple double for the number one team in the Western Conference. I'm I'm all the way back to last year when I'd say I don't need one advanced number to tell me that Jokic is the MVP. I don't need any of the analytics. I don't need a Raptor score. I don't need any of this stuff. The raw numbers are shouting it from the rooftops. The wins and losses, like like the counting numbers, as as you'll hear some folks call them, like they're telling the whole story. But but the advanced numbers make it just nail nail in the coffin. Jokic is going to win this thing again. He's going to do it. Uh, a barring injury, Jokic is going to win his third straight MVP. So another thirty point triple double, passing Alex Alex English for most all time. He dealt with some foul trouble on Wednesday night. Found a way to get through it, um, and you just love to see it. So. That's uh, the ultimate biggest takeaway. I, I just want to share one or two more thoughts here um, before we move on from the actual game. Um, Jamal Murray, uh, J- Wednesday night was actually the perfect microcosm, the wrong kind, uh, for Jamal Murray. Everything that I just said about Nikola Jokic in the consistency department, and this is not the first time we've had this conversation. This is probably the hundredth time we've had this conversation. But everything consistent about Jokic right now is kind of the opposite with Jamal. And we all understand the context that he's coming off the injury. I got it, okay? Um, But eventually, we're going to judge you by your fruit. And your fruit is the basketball that you play on a night-to-night basis. His first half, Jamal's, compared to his second half, is the um, the microcosm that I'm talking about. Because in that first half, Jamal was pretty dreadful. It looked disinterested. It was kind of weird. Um, and then and then the second half, he's brilliant. And you clearly do not walk away from Ball Arena uh, without a win, in my opinion, without Jamal Murray. And it's 28 points and 10 for 18 from the field. And, you know, big shots down the stretch and didn't miss a free throw. But Jamal eventually, um, who, who was a minus 13, when he was out there, and a part of that, you know, had to do with with, with the uh, you know the second unit or whatever. Um, but uh, he has got to eventually cross through that threshold. This is again not a new conversation; it's very old. But we're going to keep on having it until we don't. And same thing with sort of MPJ, like with the health that, or or the way he responds to stuff. Like we're going to have those conversations until we don't. Um, and it's just it's very relevant. So. Um, for this team to get where it wants to go, and that is the tippy top of the mountain, Jamal has got to be a more consistent eight out of ten version of himself. I don't need I don't need you know bubble Jamal Murray once a week. Like, give me a seven point eight of who Jamal Murray. Give me an eight out of ten every single night, and now we'll be talking. Now we'll be talking. Um, just a couple other things. I thought Bruce Brown uh, was great again. Um, this guy who, while he he could have cost a team mightily uh, from the free throw line, and he was very regretful after the game about it. Um, you know, he continues to be um, you know a great fit for this team, and you know, shot sixty four percent against the Timberwolves. This is three consecutive games where Bruce Brown has shot fifty five percent or better from the field, um, and he was a big part of the win. David Adelman, give him another shout out uh, for leading the team in a second consecutive night as Mike Malone uh, works his way through. Michael Malone works his way through um, health and safety uh, protocols. Um, okay. 
uh, we'll we'll leave it there for right now. I really said what I wanted to say about Jokic, and it, it's tough, man, to come in here and try to um, re-articulate and hit the reset button on the greatness, but it feels like every single night, in the most literal sense, Jokic is doing something like that you have to react to. Like, it demands your attention. And I, I he is just, um, you know... F- couple nights ago is oh, another 30 point triple double you know a couple nights before that it's you know the 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 16 assists or the 18 rebounds or shooting a perfect five for five you know but only taking five shots in a game that would be a triple double too like it's it's incredible it's it's absolutely incredible and I would just say and I would implore you and I'm talking to myself here at the same time just enjoy it because this is a rare type of bird here this is a rare this is a horse of a different color if you will and um, you love to see it. You absolutely love, love, love to see it. Um, real quick, uh, in the standings, um, the Nuggets are still the number one seed. Uh, Memphis just refuses to go away, like refuses. They have won um, 11 games in a row and are really applying that night-to-night pressure on Denver to keep and retain that number one overall seed. Uh, look at the Kings there. Love that basketball team. Um, they've won five games in a row. What an addition Kevin Herter has been. Uh, winning games without Sabonis. I mean, the, the, the Kings are 25-18, and 18, and you may see one of the longest, I think the longest playoff streak uh, in pro sports snapped this season. Uh, Harrison Parnes has been great. Um, uh, De'Aaron Fox has been great. And, and, and love what my boy Kevin Herter is doing there. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, you have next on the docket uh, for Denver uh, will be against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, that'll be on Friday evening. That is a game at home. And then they'll play uh, on Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I have a feeling when we come in here and talk on Monday, the uh, MVP odds for Jokic will be uh, approaching minus 200. And you may see. You may see the Nuggets leapfrog the Boston Celtics for the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship. You might see it. Depending on what happens at the time of recording, we're a couple hours away from Golden State-Boston in a uh, finals rematch. And then um, the uh, Celtics go on a three-game road trip. If they stumble once, this is how close it is between these two teams. If 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 the Nuggets win uh, the rest of their homestand and the Celtics stumble once, I think you'll actually see the Nuggets leapfrog the Boston Celtics on the number one odds to win the NBA championship. Who would have thought we'd be uh, talking like this? I mean, this aggressively, this um, with with the odds to back it up uh, in January. I didn't see this type of run coming um, as the Nuggets have now won 15 in a row at home, eight in a row overall, and it's 18 of their last 21 games uh, are have a big green W next to them. So we'll see what happens on Friday night uh, hosting the Indiana Pacers and then Sunday evening against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But whatever happens against the Pacers and against the Thunder this weekend, you know we'll be talking about it early next week right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.